Hello, this is Daniel Williams, Senior Editor at MGMA. As part of our Future Fives Award Program, we're featuring interviews with recipients so you can hear about their experience and their healthcare journey. Let's go to our conversation with Nina Cloven now. Well, Nina, thanks so much for joining us on the MGMA Insights Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so you are one of the recipients of the inaugural uh, Future Five Award uh, designated by MGMA, so congratulations for that. Thank you so much. It's such an incredible honor to be selected as one of the Future Five winners, uh, especially among such other incredible winners themselves, so I'm very humbled. Yeah. Were you aware of this? Because I've talked to some of the other award winners and they didn't even know they'd been nominated. Were you, was it on your radar at all? (laughs) My mom told me a few months after she nominated me that she nominated me for this, um, but I didn't know that she was doing it. But um, I'm really happy that she did. She's one of my bigger supporters. Is she also in healthcare? Yes, she's a gynecologic oncologist at US Oncology. Um, and I grew up super, super close with her. Yeah. Did, was that one of the initial things that wanted, you you know, inspired you to want to get into healthcare as well? For sure. I always say that, um, I was kind of born with a passion for healthcare. My mom always jokes that, um, she's completing her fellowship and she used to just wheel me around in my little carriage whenever I was younger. And I just grew up really comfortable with medical terminology in a hospital. I mean, my mom are really, really close. And so I've always been passionate about healthcare. And she always talked about how evil healthcare administration is. She always said they really don't understand patient care. They don't understand any of the issues that clinicians face. All they care about are the financial incentives and bottom line. And I decided that's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> Said, I'm going to change it from the inside out. I was like, it's mm-hmm. going to be different. I was super, I love a challenge. Um, and I was super interested in the prospect of helping lots of people like at a given time, just from helping people help people is what I say. Right. And so she still asked me up until I went to uh, graduate school for my master of health administration she still asked me if I wanted to go to med school the whole time but I think now she understands um kind of how good it can be and how effective if collaboration and understanding bridges the gap between clinical and administrative perspectives like just how much that can transform the healthcare system mm-hmm. yeah it's so interesting that you mentioned that because MGMA um uh, partnered with uh, Jackson Physician Search, um, one of our business partners, about a year ago, on just understanding that physician uh, practice administrator relationship and really identifying some of the gaps. Like, um, we would ask the same question to both a physician and a and a practice manager, and they often would have a completely different idea of of the answer there that the practice administrator might say we've developed a support program uh we've developed you know these other cultural and organizational programs here um in the organization and the physicians would 
either not know the scope of it or they wouldn't know that it even existed. So there was a real communication gap. So I think what you're saying there, and I'm glad you're working on the inside there to help uh, educate um, and help bring those collaborations together. There's a real need for it based on the research we had and based on the conversation uh, that you and I are having right here. And so um, that's something that we can move toward in the future. So that's really cool that you're already identifying that. Yeah, thank you. I always say that that is my first passion in healthcare. And that's actually why I founded um, the Health Administration Leadership Organization. We call it HALO at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health a couple of years ago. Um, the mission of that is to really bridge the gap in clinical and administrative understanding and perspective to promote shared leadership and understanding. I um, attended graduate school fully remote because I started in 2020. Um, I really wanted to get involved and make a difference. <clears throat> and while I was taking my courses and I was looking at the curriculum, there's a lot of accounting, which I didn't like, <laughs> financial <laughs> management, a lot of leadership, everything was so interesting. There's public health, but there weren't any medical terminology classes or anything that could really help people understand kind of the clinical thought process. And lucky for me, I grew up again, really close with my mother. So I have that understanding. Um, and so that's where I came up with the idea for Halo. And um, one of my wonderful colleagues, Adam Sinkowitz helped me create this organization, um, the student organization across the Bloomberg School of Public Health. And um, yeah, so that organization, what we and to do was have networking events with clinical and administrative leaders um, just to kind of fill in the gap from um, the lack of networking opportunities during COVID and also uh, monthly seminars that had speakers just kind of really helping people understand different topics. And I was su really surprised and happy to see um, how many people were excited by that idea. I did have a little bit of imposter syndrome when we had our first meeting because there were people from all over the school of public health ranging from people who went straight from undergrad to graduate school like myself to people that were getting advanced degrees who were there was a cardiothoracic surgeon who had been practicing for 20 years who was a member of halo who also wanted to learn and understand and i think people's willingness to learn and understand from both sides is a really good sign. And I think, especially while people are still learning and still in school, that's a perfect opportunity to really help shape people's perspectives before they join the healthcare workforce and hopefully create better, more capable leaders. And uh, during my time as president for HALO, we actually accumulated over 60 members from all across the School of Public Health, like I keep saying, uh -huh. but also from different countries, mm -hmm. which is awesome. That is really cool. And so I just I want to stay on Halo for just one more second here and just get a better understanding. Um, I, I know that one of the things you mentioned was really looking at the terminology. Tell us a little bit more about that. Is it so you're speaking the same language? I know a lot of acronyms are used, as you know, in healthcare. But what what exactly are you doing to try to bridge that communication gap and get each other on the same page? Yeah, so I think 
uh, everybody always jokes in healthcare administration that there's always another acronym. There's yeah. always an acronym on both sides. Um, like, so if health administrators kind of are able to understand medical terminology, which is just essentially the language of medicine, I think that that would really help just improve the leadership opportunity we have in administration to really understand how people speak, how people think, just the clinical side in general. And I think also um, it's really important once people do work in healthcare settings to shadow each other. I think that that's really cool. I know a few organizations are doing that, but on the other side too, um, as I went through my graduate school, my mom started to hear more and more about just different administrative languages and terminologies. And I think it has honestly really um, renewed her perspective on just kind of the different things that everybody in healthcare has to prioritize in order to keep it going. But everybody, I firmly believe this, that most people in healthcare, regardless of what side of healthcare, what industry that you're in, I believe that most people are in healthcare because they want to help people. Just some mm-hmm. people help patients directly. Some people help people help people. <laughs> like right. People do it through technology. Like a lot of people do at Elation Health. Some people do it on in the insurance world. But everybody is banding together to really help people, which I think is just a beautiful thing. Yeah. It almost reminds me of the quote from Jerry Maguire where Tom Cruise keeps saying, let me help you help me help. You know, he just keeps going back and forth with it. And uh, that always makes me laugh. But I, I totally get what you're saying, though. And I think that's where we can collaborate and really begin to at least try to see from the other person's perspective. Um, so we get a better understanding of what their challenges are, what they're going through. So that's always helpful. So I wanted to <clears throat> zero in on some of the things that you're doing now. So again, you are one of the future five award winners and you're currently manager of primary care advancement at Alation Health. So give our listeners an idea who is Alation Health? What's the size and scope of that practice or system? What do you guys do? Yeah, so Alation Health is a healthcare technology company that offers a clinical platform focused on primary care specifically. And the platform uses a clinical first design to relieve administrative burden and restore the treasured doctor-patient relationship so that our customers and physicians can return to the craft of medicine. We all know, I've heard my mom say this too, (laughs) stars are just terrible. It's like one of the root causes of burnout. They're so inefficient and it really takes the joy out of medicine for a lot Mm -hmm. of people. But Elation serves 24,000 clinicians caring for over or more than 12 million Americans, including thousands of small independent practices and even large predominant digital health innovators. And uh, we're growing rapidly and we just secured 50 million in Series D funding in July, which is super exciting just to kind of power our innovation in primary care um, so that we can keep investing in technology and services as the landscape continues to rapidly scale. Yeah, for sure. And so in layman's terms, what do y'all do? Because you were talking about going back to your halo days, you were doing, trying to bridge some of those communication gaps, get on the same page. Now with Alation Health, it sounds like y'all are doing some things through technology. 
what does the technology do? How does it make life easier for a provider or for a practice administrator, whoever it might be? Yeah, so I think the clinical first design is key. Um, and I know my boss and mentor, Dr. Sarah Pastor, she says it way more beautifully than I possibly could, but um, we are not trying to be everything for everyone like some of the other EHR companies. It's more, uh, it's focused on primary, laser focused on primary mm -hmm. care. Um, our founders, Kina and Khan and Fong, um, their father is a primary care physician and they developed this after hearing him, I guess it's a similar story now that I think about it, after mm -hmm. hearing him talk about how just awful EHRs were. And so they designed it with primary care in, in mind. And it's really intuitive. Um, I know a lot of our users, um, they just rave about how easy it is and how it's almost similar to the paper chart days. Um, and so what we try to do is just um, I think they call it pajama time, cut okay. down pajama time because yeah. physicians will get home and have like essentially homework. They'll have to chart for hours and then right. they want to cut down on that so that they can really just focus on the patient and not have to deal with all of the technology and administrative work and all of the ticking of boxes and everything people have to do on an EHR. Yeah. And I can't imagine your mom or anyone who gets into medicine, goes, I'm getting in there because I want to spend pajama time going through EHRs, going through all these reports. They're, you know, I'm I, every provider I've ever talked to said I got in there to serve people, to care for people, to make a difference in their health. And so uh, then it turns out that they're spending all of these hours and hours and hours in EHRs, in these reports, these charts, and that just can be draining. We just uh, finished our digital conference at MGMA yesterday, and we had numerous sessions on burnout and stress management and compassion fatigue. And all of these sessions were the most highly attended and highly rated because people are just flat out burned out and stressed out. Um, and so at Elation Health, the kind of work y'all are doing with technology, um, how is that working towards or alleviating some of that stress and burnout for healthcare professionals? Yeah, that's actually a really great question. So as the manager of primary care advancement at Elation, which is a absolutely a new role at the company, um, I work on a team of two under my boss, Dr. Sarah Pastor, who's the director of primary care advancement adulation. We do a lot of internal and external work. Um, and externally, what we do is we partner with other organizations and kind of improve the landscape for primary care itself. But one of our key findings was that elation users experienced an average of a 212% increase in overall EHR satisfaction. Whoa. Compared to their previous EHR. Um, there's stats on burnout too. I know that um, burnout significantly decreased um, whenever users started elation. That is amazing. Wow. Well, yeah. congrats on that work. And based on all the feedback we got this week uh, at the digital conference, please do more of that and <laughs> get in front of those uh, administrators and providers so you can help them out there. That is amazing. Um, 
while we've got a little bit more time, I wanted to ask you uh, about one more program that I know is uh, near and dear to your heart. You were telling me about it offline, but you've been involved with some DEI initiatives. Um, tell us about that. Yeah, so um, like I said, my first, I have many passions. Uh-huh. Healthcare, I call them little passion projects. Um, when I was a public health student undergrad, surprisingly, one of my passions was antibiotic resistance. I just get just obsessed with these passions and I like to research and write about it forever. Um, But during graduate school, I became very passionate about the concept of equity and how that relates to health equity as it relates to innovation. Because I started to think about um, in these times of rapid innovation, and robust change, such as the pandemic, we have increased access to care through telehealth. It made me think about, do the people that really need increased access to care, are they the ones actually benefiting from this? Um, So I did my capstone project on digital health equity and innovation, just kind of exploring that relationship. And I've actually had the opportunity to continue to work on that and explore that adulation during my administrative residency. Um, And it's really, really fascinating, um, just kind of the relationship between everything. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the theory of the iron triangle, where it's access and quality. And the theory is that you cannot improve one or more of those without one of them worsening. So you can't improve uh, access and quality without the cost skyrocketing or vice versa. And it's just kind of a puzzle in healthcare almost. Um, So I tried to think about how that was true in terms of innovative landscapes. And actually, if you look back in the history, every time of public health crisis, has been an eye-opening experience and has led to so much healthcare innovation. And so during my research, um, I found a newer topic that's less researched called digital health equity um, and digital determinants of health. Uh, So we all know the social determinants of health. Digital determinants of health um, are based on social determinants of health, um, but it also takes into account the digital divide in healthcare. And so it's really complex, Um, but actually what I came to understand at the end of it is that EHRs themselves contain tremendous untapped potential to be a tool to advance digital health equity, which is amazing. Um, One of those being the mHealth opportunity or mobile health. way more Americans have access to a mobile phone than they do a computer. So making um, patient portals accessible on the mobile phone is crucial. Also just enhancing patient portals to be more of a tool of patient autonomy and medical literacy um, so that people can really take advantage of their own health information and make informed decisions um, about what they're doing in healthcare. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. So I have one final thought and question for you. This is an easy one. Um, 
what do you think the future of healthcare looks like? <laughs> and, and what do you want your role to be in it? I know you said you have those different passion projects. So when you just project out in the future, where do you think healthcare is evolving and what are you going to be doing in that? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, I think the thing that I love the most about healthcare that I mentioned before is I love a challenge. Mm-hmm. And our nation's healthcare system is perhaps one of the greatest challenges. <laughs> the highest reward. It's a challenge. <laughs> also, such a high reward to being able to figure out the puzzle and the challenge of the healthcare system. Our healthcare system is extremely complex and it has deep roots in a lot of aspects of our society that are not technically thought of traditionally as healthcare, but that is what I love about it. Think about the social determinants of health, just as social determinants of health can negatively impact a person's health. um, I think that healthcare leaders have the opportunity to positively impact other areas of people's lives by improving people's well-being. And again, for the most part, I think all of the major players in the U.S. healthcare system are all fighting for the same cause and trying to positively impact people's lives. And what excites me the most about this robust collaboration and creative thinking that persists despite constant roadblocks is that it does persist. There have been obviously setbacks. For instance, a huge one is the overturning of Roe v. Wade, but still I'm optimistic. And I think organizations like Elation are doing a really great job at motivating people to remain excited about the vast potential of opportunities to improve. And I know it's really had that effect on me as well. Well, that's awesome. So what 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 we what will your role be in that then? What do you where do you see in yourself being an agent of change or someone who's helping move this along here? Yeah, so I think if you want to talk about the future of healthcare, you really have to look towards Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Um, and as an elder Gen Z myself, <laughs> I'm really proud of Gen Z for just kind of the trends and how we're looking at the healthcare system. Uh, Gen Z grew up with more access to information and technology than any other generation and has led to Gen Z not only valuing healthcare that is convenient, but also really understanding that health is more than just getting treated for acute conditions and just really understanding the holistic nature of a person's health. And I think um, Gen Z does a really good job at acknowledging mental health and all, like, like I said, all of the factors that influence a person's health. And I'm really excited to be a part of the transformation that is about to take place. And particularly the creativity and innovation. I think obviously what we're doing isn't working as a health (laughs) Um, we have people, everybody wants to help. We want it to be better. If there was a solution, I think we would have come up with it by now. Right. Um, so we have to get creative. And I think that we're being pushed along that way with um, how technology is going. And I think primary care is perfectly positioned to be able to tackle a lot of those different issues. It's, 
it really, there's a huge opportunity in primary care to transform our entire healthcare system. And I'm really excited to continue to be creative and innovative and come up with new ideas for traditional problems that we've been having. Um, and I'm really excited for continuing the important work I'm doing um, with Elation Health. I could not be more grateful for all of the support and just how every single person at Elation is super mission driven. Um, and I'm just, I'm excited to continue to learn as I'm still early in my career, but also, like I said, just be creative. I think there's so many opportunities um, and I'm really excited to continue to advocate for change in our healthcare system through primary care. All right, well, Nina Cloven, um, once again, uh, congratulations for being a Future Five Award winner and continued success in your healthcare career. And thanks for joining us on the MGMA Insights Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership.